0: What up, what
1: up, what up San Antonio, Austin, Waco, Temple, Colleen, people up in the Shaw City, people down in the whole 305 South Florida region and my people down Laredo You are tuned in here to the Tuesday edition of the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark urban with the southern for bartlett's been in the one and twos we are broadcasting here from the hazel scott online studios and today's show is being presented by doseki's get a dose and your number to participate is 1-800-707-9760 again that is 1-800-707-9760 And this first segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Stoli Vodka. Keep in mind, Stoli Vodka, they have an uncompromising spirit. It's the kind they believe that turns players into icons. It's 100% grain to glass. And Stoli Vodka controls the entire production process, so there's no room for maybe. That is Stoli Vodka, official sponsor of the sports grind. 1-800-707-9760. If you know what you want to talk about, of course, like always, it's open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. Anything that's happened in the last week since we've been on, uh, feel free to bring that to the airways. And anything that we're discussing on the docket today that you want to weigh in and give your opinion on, feel free to give us a call. We just ask you to be patient during the long segments and the long breaks, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, keep in mind, if you need to reach out to me or follow me via Twitter, you just want to tag me in something. Um, which depends on what you tag me and it's kind of irritating sometimes. But you can always go to at Sports crime. Okay. And if you want to stream the show live and leave live comments, you can go to the business Facebook page of Sports Grind Entertainment. Or you can go to my personal Facebook page as well and you can leave comments and I'll respond to those in real time or I'll respond to those later. And if you ever miss any of the shows live, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com dot com or you can download the podcast daily. One eight hundred seven oh seven nine seven sixty. What's up, Mr. Clark? Ready, rock and roll. Ready to go. How was your break? Yes, How was your Christmas?
0: It was good, man. It was good, nice and relaxed and chill. I hmm. I, I like to take the holidays easy. How about you?
1: Um, it was uh, it was good. You know, nothing too crazy. Um, you know, I had to deal with some stuff. You know, um, which I'll be sharing that at some point. But um, other than that, it was good. You know, still breathing. Made it to the day. You know, got a few more days of the year left. Uh, before I can say I made it another year, uh, but speaking of that, I know we kind of let you know the holiday schedule before we left. So uh, you know the whole point of coming back and just doing today's show was to the fact like, well, I didn't want to go a whole over the week because people don't tune in every day. Uh, but yes, yeah, so today uh, is our last show of the year. So we'll be off after today again, all the way until we'll be back a week from today. So next Tuesday. So keep that in mind. Um, so we've got a lot of stuff that we'll try to fit in today, uh, considering that we'll be off and get ready for the new year again. Thanks to all the grind nation out there that's continuing to support the show in 2022. Um, there are some things that are going to be. Um, Adding on and different uh, for the show here and sometimes in 2023, early part. We'll talk about that when we get back. But other than that, it's, uh, you know, another year in the book. Enjoy while you can, man, because like I said, I don't know, you know, never thought about retirement, but uh, enjoy it every day you can, you know, just like, you know, me vice versa, ditto. 1-800-707-9760. 1-800-707-9760. All right, so let's see. There's a lot of things that's taken place since we've been off a week. We ain't going to be able to recap everything, but, of course, we'll try to recap some of the major stories uh, that happened while we're off. You know, of course, like I said, we're going to be off after today, the next uh, week, so we've got to look at, bring it up. You know, we've got the semifinals in college football. You know, the bowl season continues to roll on. Um you know, you've got, I mean, again, I've said this before. I mean, you've got some bowls there. There's too many bowls for one. Um, in my opinion, they've kind of dwindled down some, and I think they'll continue to dwindle down as these colleges realign and stuff. Uh, but the main thing is we've got semi-final action this weekend between the final four that are in you know, competing for the college championship. Who's going to call themselves national champions? You know, of course. So the look at the matchup. So Refresh my memory. So we're going to have the first semifinal. We've got Georgia. That's going to be taking on Ohio State, right? Isn't that correct?
0: Yes, but it's not the first game of the day.
1: Not the first game, but that's Georgia and Ohio State. So they got that one for primetime, right? Yes, sir. Shocking. It's a one and four matchup. Shocking, because those two fan base, that's going to draw big numbers. And then you've got Michigan versus TCU. And what time is that one kicking off?
0: I'll get times for you here in just a second. Okay,
1: but that would be the first one kicking off. But it goes down Saturday. These games are this Saturday. And then we'll have the uh, national championship game probably another week and a half. The layoffs is really something I wish they would fix. But go ahead.
0: Yes, so your uh, schedule for football this Saturday is going to be TCU versus Michigan. And that's going to be 3 p.m. Central. Uh, And then that night... 7 p.m. Central, uh, Ohio State versus Georgia.
1: Um, Definitely the, you know, the Ohio State in Georgia one is very intriguing. I mean, you know, Georgia, you know, they're going for back-to-back national champions. I don't know, um, you know, of course, since Alabama's done it. I can't remember what year that was if they did it. Uh, But that's very impressive, um, And I think t- same thing I felt about Nick when he went into that first national championship game for the university against the University of Texas. I feel this is also, even though Kirby got over the hump and he's got his one last year, I think this is the one that if he gets this one, you know, he could build something that's similar to what Nick built in Alabama for Georgia. Now, again, you know, it, it's, you know, Kirby was there for a while, so he's got the blueprint. I mean, he's you know a lot of people don't realize, but when Kirby was at at Alabama, Kirby was the one that's really was recruited for a lot of their. I mean, credited I should say for a lot of their top recruiting classes that they had. So it's not surprising to me that Kirby's been able to duplicate that, you know, going to Georgia. But that game is very intriguing because if you look at the Ohio State side, the last bitter taste they got in the mouth, the last time they've been on the field when they lost to Michigan. Okay in the shoe and really was dominated by the way especially on the ground Michigan took their manhood you know Michigan's got a they've got a physical physical type of style game that Michigan's trying to play this year they've actually tried to play it the last couple years you know Harbaugh said screw this man I'm going back to do it my way you know, when he couldn't get over the hunt with Ohio State, people are talking about fire hardball. Next thing you know, he's going to be the hottest thing smoking here pretty soon um, in the NFL circles. But, you know, how is Ohio State going to respond after getting embarrassed against Michigan? Um, I haven't checked the updated lines on these games yet. Um, kind of waited to see. And, you know, I can tell you right now, without a doubt, I would have probably Georgia's is going to be favored in that in that game. Um, And without a doubt, TCU is going to be underdogs in the game versus Michigan. But that Ohio State and Georgia game is very intriguing because I do believe on a neutral field that Ohio State for one, I I believe based off of how that Michigan game went. And due to the fact you've had some time to lick your wounds and you had a lot of people feel like they've backdoored into the playoffs, they, they've they got that chip on their shoulder. I expect a better effort from Ohio State. But, again, I just don't know the physicality and the speed. I mean, Ohio State has speed, but I don't know if they've got the physicality that Georgia has um really to withstand. But we're going to see. It's going to be intriguing on how that game's going. So we've got the Final Four that's set to pop off this weekend. Also, we've had – um You know, on a serious note, you know, we just came off the World Cup, um, you know, this a week ago or so. And, you know, we've got some uh, serious news is trickling out in regards to uh, what many people consider the real goat in Pele, uh, the Brazilian great. Uh, Supposedly, you know, his family has gathered around the hospital he's been in for a while. You know, I think he's been battling a very rare like liver liver cancer or or basically uh, maybe it's colon cancer. It might be. I know it's one of the two, but um, he's basically fighting for his life uh, from the sounds office, so thought and prayers to Pele and his family. I mean, that's, you know, you give, I mean, if you were in this country, you were trying to play before soccer even became somewhat popular in this country back in the 80s. You know, you played back then, as you know, as a youngster like I did. You, I mean, you came in that. If in America you knew anything about soccer, you knew about Pele. So um, that's big news, and I'm pretty sure, um, you know, when that time, if that time comes for him, that's going to be big news around the whole world. Um, he's one. He's. He's. That's a true. Uh, Probably more definition than the icon, but so thoughts and prayers out to him Also NBA has continued to roll on your San Antonio Spurs were able to get a victory uh, Last night at home at Utah. Um, They're back in action tonight Um, Who do they have tonight? Who are they back in action tonight? They're on the road against the Thunder tonight. They got OKC Okay, they were able to get a, a victory You know, um, my assessment of this team so far, um, you know, looking at them, I mean, they're just, they're still very young. Um, But, you know, it's a team that I feel that is, is really has the opportunity to make strides, continue regardless of, you know, the wins and losses. But it's a team that I really do feel that is just missing that one or two, but especially is missing that lottery guy. And you know, it's one of those situations if they're fortunate to get into the top three, which they should be, unless they're just gonna be cursed and have to still pay for the NBA guys gonna say, no, you're still paying for Timmy, the guy of the Virgin Islands. Sorry about that. Eighth overall. But if they're able to go ahead and get in the top three, I feel like they're a player away from being back on the verge of being competitive. You know, competitive when it comes down to competing. You know, for the bottom echelon of playoff positions, they're just meeting. They they don't have. I mean, I'm I'm very very impressed with Vassell. Um, I think Vassell uh, he's past Keldon Johnson in my opinion. Uh, you know, I know Keldon really wore. You know. His his just professionalism of finally getting in. I mean, shape like really committed to his body and his profession. I, I give Keldon a lot of credit uh, for that. You know, from one, acknowledging that very young because he's still early in his career. But I just feel that you know, Vassell has taken the alpha dog role to a certain extent. Uh, you know being on this team, you know with his consistent where his shots improved I think that's what Kelden needs to work on but they just they need to land a lottery man That's they need to land one of these top three picks if not the number one all I, I think they'd be good as Long as they get in the top three, you know, that's my opinion on them now also what's happened since we've been off, you know pop was announced as a nominee into the NBA basketball Hall of Fame um, the basketball I should say it ain't the NBA. It should be the NBA. I've been the saying Naismith that for years.
0: Basketball, yeah, Hall of Fame.
1: it's not the NBA. NBA should have their own, in my opinion. Um, but you know, Pop is up for Hall of Fame along with Tony Parker. Tony's, you know, from a national standpoint, Tony's kind of sparked a little bit more conversation. I anticipated whether he's Hall of Fame or they you know, those NBA discussions of Hall of Fame. I don't really don't get into those like baseball or NFL because it's not on the same playing field. I mean, it's just it's it's like you know, you talk about, and, and maybe you know, some people I know, Coach Prime. I gotta call him Coach Prime now. You know, that's Dion. Man, I grew up calling Dion, but Coach Prime, what you call Coach Prime, Coach Prime. I got to get me a Colorado Buffalo hat. Make no mistake about it, man. Dion is, you know, Nick is Nick, but Dion is, I, I mean, if you only knew, you can only imagine me growing up in a Dion, you know, just fit. Everything, the way he handled himself was different. So I'm definitely going to be supporting him in the Pac 12. But I will just tell you this, you know, it's, it's one of those situations with the, uh, Talking about the Spurs, right? That's where we were at, right? Before I switched, my, I just switched gears and totally for the thought. Did I finish my Spurs? name? Yes, Hall of, we're the Hall of Tony Fame. Tony Parker. We're... Now, yes. some people feel that Deion Sanders is one of them. That's why I brought up Coach Prime. He feels... NFL Hall of Fame is kind of letting everybody in. I mean, Dion said it a few months ago. I forgot who he was sitting down with, but he said that automatically. That you know that there's some busts in there that shouldn't be sitting next to his. Now, I I really wanted him to put names on it, but I don't think Dion would ever do that publicly. But my point is, is that. The NBA is already there, in my opinion. They've been there. That's why I think the NBA needs their own separate Hall of Fame because no disrespect to other people that have contributed to the game of basketball, but you have a lot of people in the NBA Hall of Fame. It's just that you feel some people that, you know, the guy, the Tim Duncans, the Michael Jordans, all those guys, you think that they should be sharing something that's really, it's a little bit too loosey-goosey, in my opinion, for NBA Hall of Fame. But with all that said, Pop and Tony's not remember. Now, I remember what Pop said years ago. And I'm going to hold him to it, but Pop felt, Pop did say this. He Because whenever he was asked about this, from what I've seen, he would always say, ah, you know, no, I'm still coaching. I'm still coaching. And then he said he's not going in until his guys get in. Well, I mean, so Manu just went in not too long ago. This this year, yeah, actually. He was yeah. this year's class. Tim Tim's in there. Dave's in there. I mean, Tony's on the ballot, so who else is it left? So he should be able to open this. I'm really interested to see how he's going to handle this because I know it's going to bother him because he's still coaching, but they're going to induct him into the Hall of Fame. But I just want to know how he reacts to this, but I guarantee it's going to make him feel uncomfortable. Um, But, you know, it's just one of those things because it's like, hey, man, like if you're looking at it like after – I mean, and I started thinking about this. Like if he gets in, which he's going to get in, After you get into the Hall of Fame, how much longer do you really want to stay? Like, what is the over and under on how long a current coach could be coaching long enough to get the accolades to get into the Hall of Fame, but is going to continue to coach and not even call it quits while he's getting the Hall of Fame? Because this is the closest thing as the NBA turning the lights on at 155 when the bar and the club's about to close. Like, hey, lights coming on. Like, damn, Pop's still around? Put him on the ballot. Get him in the Hall of Fame. Just joking, by the way. But it's pretty damn near close. So I would like to set the over on under how many years he would continue to coach, even being inducted into the Hall of Fame this year.
0: Well, a notable coach to go in to the Hall of Fame while he was still coaching was Phil Jackson. Okay. Uh, He went in 2007 and continued to coach another five years at that point. If oh, I'm not I, I that, fun, that I might be off on that time frame. As, as I wouldn't as have guessed retirement, that. But
1: Totally forgot about that one. I wouldn't have guessed that.
0: So that's one to consider. Okay.
1: All right. Well, we'll see. But he's definitely going in, definitely a Hall of Fame coach. I mean, his imprint across the NBA and jobs and front offices and coaches, I mean, it speaks for itself. I mean, you could argue, you know, in the NBA – you know other than you, I mean Larry Brown had a good tree too. I mean Pop technically comes from that Larry Brown tree, but Pops is going to go down as one of the one of the best trees out there. You have to give him that.
0: Now what if Tony doesn't get in this year and he said he won't go in until his guys go in?
1: Mm. Well, that that'll be interesting. We'll have to see how that plays out. We listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. When we get back, we'll talk about the Christmas victory for your Dallas Cowboys and what my thoughts are on both of those teams when we get back.
0: The
1: fun starts here. All right, back here on the sports grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis, and we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, 1-800-707-976, user your number. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. All right, keep in mind, if you want to, Make an order, or if you just want to check on newest product, new availability, you can go to specsonline.com because the fun starts here. That's Specs, official sponsor of the sports Grind. All right, so getting into it, like I said, it's a lot of stuff to cover since we've been off and a lot of stuff that's going to happen over the next week. So we're not probably going to be able to get to all of it, but let's start on Christmas Eve when we had the Dallas Cowboys host the Philadelphia Eagles coming in to that matchup. Um. Look, there's a there's quite a few things I took away from this. Granted, you know Dallas gets Shawshank Redemption against their backup. You know Dallas fans are like, hey man, they beat they beat our backup. We return the favor. Well, I will tell you this. First of all, let's start with the guy that's you know I can't say public enemy number one because I think there's half of Cowboys nation that loves Dak, but the other half are just th- there's nothing Dak is going to do. To please that side of Cowboy Nation. He could go win a trophy and they'll say it's because of it's because of the defense. It's because of this and that. That's just where he's gonna deal because of the team he plays for. But let's talk about a change of emotion. Dak throws a pick, pretty much a pick six, b- bad interception, right into a big lineman's, you know, mitts, runs back, touchdown, bam. Everybody's raising hell. Here comes Dak. Because the pressure of what really meaning about this game and knowing you're playing Garden Minshew. And what does Dak do? Settle down. Settle down. And I and I said this last week, I feel that Dak sometimes when he's up against it, whether they're down and they need a touchdown to send an overtime or, you know, they need to get in field goal position. That's kind of when Dak's been his best. And usually when so to me to overcome that bad, turn because that was a bad one. I can't talk about tip football. Receiver didn't care. I can't gallop. None, none of that. That was a bad interception. But to settle down and bounce back the way he did, that's very impressive. And I think also it's one of Keller Moore's best call playing games with Dak being quarterback, too. So I think the desperation of being on – I mean, they, they're always most of the time on national television. But being Christmas, being the one game on, and I think just Christmas Eve, and I just think the opportunity with the Eagles coming in, they had to win that game. And they played like it. Now, the flip side of that – is there's a lot of people that have Jalen Hurts, the MVP of this year. There's a good chance he's going to win it. I, if it's not him, it's probably going to be Patrick Mahomes. I had Josh Allen at the beginning of the season. You know, I think some play with them, you know, his his troubles he went through in the red zone. You know, they went through a stretch there, the Bills, I mean, he had like four or five interceptions in like four weeks in the red zone. I think that kind of hurt him. So really, this is coming down with the Hurts. And Patrick Mahomes. The other side is that they didn't have their potential MVP. And Dallas won the game. I mean, Philly was in in it to the end with an opportunity to go in and win. Now, I think both teams in that game, to me, both secondaries and both defenses kind of got exposed. I understand there's some games where you can get into a shootout like this. You can get into high scoring. But I was kind of surprised that Philly gave up that many yards to Dallas in the air uh, to Dak. I'm surprised that they weren't able to create enough pressure getting to Dak. You know, if you look at Philly, they, you know, they've been healthy for the most part all season. Then, you know, they have, I think, Lance Johnson, their tackle, that he's gone, I mean, for the rest of the regular season. He might be back for the playoffs. You know, we know Hurts missed this game. They're starting to get nicked up a little bit, but I was surprised that uh, their defense to give up that many points. And I think Dallas, the concern for me is their defense as well too because this goes back to the Texans game. This goes back to even the Jacksonville game. I mean, it's been a stretch here where this defense has gotten carved up. By everybody. I mean, that was Garden Minshew down there. Now, Garden Minshew is a lifetime backup quarterback in the National Football League. He can win you a couple games, but he's not a guy that you're going to announce a starter that's going to take you to a, that's going to lead a team to the playoffs. I just don't believe that. But the truth of the matter is, he he's a decent backup, but he still carved him up. That's what I took away from that. That's that's alarming and that's concerning, in my opinion. You know, for both sides. Now, there's a good chance that these two teams could be meeting each other again here in the next two or three weeks. The way everything is shaping up. The way if you look at the NFC, and you look at the wild card situation and all that. They kept their their division hopes alive barely. I mean, the Eagles, I don't know who they finish up with the last two games. But they would really have to stub their toe. You know, I felt, I told you last week, I felt that if the Eagles, if Dallas hadn't lost to Jacksonville, I think Hurts would have played that game. I think Hurts definitely would have played that game but I think due to the fact that Jacksonville they were able to give Dallas that L let them you know side on the uh you know err on the side of caution what you got
0: Uh to the point the Eagles close out the season at home uh they've got the Saints uh this coming weekend and then the Giants uh to finish the the regular season
1: Um yeah and the Giants are going to be playing for something as well too I mean, I think if the playoffs started today or yesterday, I think you still get all NFC East teams in. I think they're still holding that, even though Washington, um, you know, they fell this past weekend to the 49ers. Um, again, there's enough to say about the 49ers. We maybe get to them, or we might wait till next year to talk about them. Um, but I feel like that is a, you know, that stretch. I, I, I just look at it. Those two particular teams, the Eagles, that's, I mean, for the most part, everybody in the NFC, that covers the NFC or look or prediction, it's either been Eagles or it's been Dallas. Now, Aaron Rodgers is trying to lead Green Bay through the back door. He's trying to lead them in the playoffs to the back door. They had everything go right for them. The teams that needed to lose, all that stuff lined it up for them Saturday before they took on Sunday in Miami and South Beach. I figured Green Bay was going to come out rocking due to the fact that all the things that lined up. So Aaron is still there. But my point back to Dallas and Philly, it's been the Dallas of Philly. Because when Jimmy G went down, there was people starting to warm up for the 49ers. But when Jimmy G went down and you heard everybody jump ship with the 49ers, now people are starting to crawl back after people look at it and say, you know, the 49ers just have a good football team. That's just, the, I mean, that's the reality of it is. And... It is very concerning for both of those teams, the Eagles and Dallas. What they displayed defensively. Now, again, Micah Parson was under the weather for the most part. I mean, hell, he had to call a timeout. I didn't think I thought they were gonna wave him off. He's looking at the sideline on the last drive, like call a timeout. I got to catch my breath. Who knows what happens if they don't call the timeout to get the rush to get the to really put that game to bed. But my point is, what I've seen from both of those defenses in Philly and Dallas good luck if the 49 if you catch the 49ers on a good day cuz i don't see how you stop them and the and the and the deal is to me i feel that again there's not an offense now dallas again i believe don't they have the number 1 offense right now have they overtaken da- uh, detroit as maybe the number 1 offensive team in the league I know it's been like that since Dak's been back. I think, I think that's what it is. I think since Dak's been back off that injury, I think that they've had probably the top-rated offensive uh, team in the league. Could be wrong, uh, but it's up there. But they're starting to hum. But I just feel matchups from Philly to Dallas – and whoever, I mean, if Green Bay gets in and, and you know, the, the people, and I'm not buying in this, like, that's fine. Be, oh, well, you don't want Aaron, you don't want to see Aaron Rodgers. You don't want Aaron Rodgers to get in the playoffs. Says who? One and four in NFC champion. You think the 49ers scared to see him? They own him. To me, it's impressive. If they find a way, they're going to need help. But my point is, we know what Tampa Bay is. We saw Tampa Bay. Everybody's waiting for the Bucks to hit this switch. It ain't coming. It's not coming this year. Offensively, they're down. It is just what it is. And Tom, you know, Tom still got an arm, but Tom is throwing decisions, and we're seeing that. If anything, for perfect for Tom, he can't function anyway, and he's the goat. So my point is, there's not an offense in the NFC. I believe that the D'Amico rise, which would be one of the hottest names this this coming Black Monday and off as a head coach. And now whether he goes this year, or he waits another year. That's yet to be seen. But I don't think there's an offense that can keep them up that they can't contain. I don't know about totally shut down because the rules, I've said this, no, the 85 Bears couldn't play defense in this day and time. The one Ravens couldn't. I mean, it's it's just one of those, you're not going to shut any team down. But I say there's not a team, there's not an offense on the NFC side I don't believe that they can't contain from what I have saw. And I'm really concerned in Philly's defense and Dallas defense to give up that kind of points to be in that type of shootout who they could pretty much face on the rise, and that's concerning to me. What you got?
0: Well, the Eagles and the Cowboys both have a better ground game than the Vikings, but the Vikings on the outside, uh, the the on, offensively, whether their defense can hang with the Niners' offense is a different story. But I still feel like the Vikings' offense could give
1: the the Niners some fits, right? I mean, I, I don't I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know about that because I think in the playoffs and I think when you have a team that's as good as well coached defensively as as the 49ers are you're not going to you're not going to let Jeffries you're not going to let one guy beat you um, in, in the postseason. I mean, he's a generational receiver. Anytime you're already passing records of Chris Carter and Randy Moss in franchise history, you're on to doing something right. I just feel that right there, that's not a matchup good because at the end of the day, Minnesota's defense, for the most part, can't stop a nosebleed.
0: Well, that, that's what I'm saying. A defense against the, uh, the defense versus San Francisco's offense is a, is, a, is a different story. I'm looking at what you said about giving the defense of the Niners fits. It it it, go, it does go beyond just Justin Jefferson over there in Minnesota. They do have Adam uh, Adam Thielen on the outside. They do have Hawkinson that they picked up from the Lions. He looks really good.
1: And Dalvin Cook still has potential to stand out I don't, if he's given the opportunity. I, I, I will tell you this. I don't I don't think it's. I would say no because when you say give fits, meaning like you're marching up and down them for four quarters. This isn't a shootout. Forty ers is not going to get in a shootout in anybody they play in the NFC East. Because not, they sustain drives. Because they sustain drives and you're not marching up and down that defense consistently. They're on historic, they've got some historic number of pace and scoring and stuff that they give up. Now they will give, I mean, credit to coach. That's why he's a coach. That's why I do radio. But coach the credit to coach Harm Edwards. I mean, he's the first person that I've seen, you know, pointed out that hey, man, they got he calls them dirty eyes. They got dirty eyes, meaning they'll get caught peeking, and sometimes they give up a big play. Other than that, you're not going to march consistently down them for four quarters. Those teams, I believe, that could do that, they're not in the NFC. They're over in the AFC, and there's only two of them, and maybe only one, really. But the truth of the matter is, I I don't see that. I mean, are they going to shut every NFC team? No. Are you going to? Can you score on them? Yes, but I'm talking about what took place in Philly and Dallas on Christmas Eve. 49ers, you're not getting the 49ers in that game. Their defense is not allowing a game like that. And credit to what you're trying to say, their run game and clock control from McCaffrey to their backs, they're not. And keep in mind, the last couple weeks been without Devo. Okay? And believe me, this is more Kyle Shanahan. And the 49ers defense is a whole new running game than it is about Brock Purdy. That's why I didn't blink an eye when old porn star Jimmy went down. I said, oh well. Because I'll tell you right now, if they didn't have about a good key guy, about four or three guys that they got on IR, a couple of those guys on defense and corners, this would be no moss already. Be over. At least for the NFC title. 1 800 707, 9760. Shout-out to the Texans, man. The Texans get their set only second win on the season. I'll tell you this right now. If they don't retain Lovey Smith as the head coach, um, I, I don't know what to say about that. I know what I really want to say, but I'll save that if it happens. But the way this team has competed, the way they have fought, okay, all the Texans, I believe, is missing right now to get to be competitive in that division in the South, is a quarterback and a, and a stud wide receiver. Their running backs, I think they have, I think they have probably the best secondary in that division, in my opinion. And it's young, very impressive for them to go get their win. Now, granted, who they got their win against the Tennessee Titans? Told you this was a retooling year. Told you not to bring that ball. This is a collapse, but it's not an embarrassing collapse. Not if you really pay an attention to really what they were coming in this season with and what they were dealing with and really where Ryan Tannehill's ceiling's at. I, I'll say this. I think Tennessee cost himself the week before last when they let Ryan Tannehill come back in that game. I think Malik was, you know, it's obviously the, the, the early little small sample size we have of Malik. It's obviously young and he's going to make some mistakes. Which is fine, but the reality is, I think with the running game and the way that game was going a few a couple of weeks ago when he got hurt, I think it was the Chargers game. In that Chargers game, Malik should have finished that. They would have basically won that. Now, no matter what happens this weekend, doesn't matter what Tennessee does, it doesn't matter what Jacksonville does. And week 18, and they've got to flex this game. And can you imagine saying this? But that has to be the game flexed in week 18. But the winner of that game, and it's going down to Duval County, is going to win the AFC South and is going to go into the playoffs. It's a winner take all. So it doesn't matter what happens this week in 17 for both those teams. It's already set in stone. That's for the division. And I said it early on. I know Dante tagged me. And so he's like, oh, this is aging well. When I tweeted, say, hey, man, it's not happening. Jacksonville's not winning the division. But I did say that, and I got to own that. But I will also tell you what I told you, that if you let Doug Peterson win this division, his first – I don't and he would be coming in the back, back door of this. and it And it took a Tennessee Titans collapse. But the Tennessee Titans showed who I thought they were. Regardless what Adam Longoria said, I knew they were retooling. The bottom line is he's going to be favored. The Vegas will have them favored anyway, I think, next year to win this division, Jacksonville. But you're talking about if you let Doug Peterson get this freebie one, and I'll tell you the difference between that, Trevor Lawrence is starting to understand how to read NFL defenses and also what Trevor and he spoke about this Trevor's also has learned how to deal with adversity and losing this is something that this kid had nothing not in middle school I mean he won state he won district championships in middle school state high school three or four years he won a national championship at Clemson played in another national champion. he last year was tor- that was the gas chamber for him man Going through that, he Doug Peterson has come in and settled him down, and he's out there reading defense and it's scary. Now I do believe ET in the running back. I don't know if he's a guy that's going to be able to build to run through the tackles, eighteen to twenty sometimes a game. I think they need to get somebody else in to compliment complement what he does, and they could probably get a little bit better on defense. But that was for all the marbles. And it goes down to Duval. I, I don't see a game. I don't know what game would be flexed instead of that one, week 18. No, it doesn't sound sexy, but it is what it is. 1 707 9760. Also, the other big news uh, before we go into a couple of these other matchups um, that happened on Christmas actually, day. Denver, who got shellacked, made Baker Mayfield look like Joe Montana got a 50-burger put on them in front of the whole nation. Now, granted, if you've been paying attention to this, which most people have, I can tell by the reaction on social media because they've been the butt of jokes in the National Football League, and that's fine. I mean, it comes with the territory. I'm not used to it. You know, um, Jet fans are used to it. Cubs fans had to go through it. Cleveland Browns fans been used to it. If you're a Denver fan back from the 80s, this is uncharted territory, but everybody has to maybe pay the piper sooner or later. So I know people has been paying attention. You would know that national televised games haven't went well for them this course of year. And trust me, they're going to be punished for it next year. The only national national game Denver's getting next year is the one that everybody gets on Thursday on sorry-ass Amazon Prime. They're going to get punished for this. Now, every national televised game they've had has been bad. So you think that, hey man, they 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 handle they they fight in with Kansas City, they get down to Kansas City 20 to 3, they fight back and lose that game less than a touchdown. Then you go get a win and get a struggling Arizona Cardinals team that's really just bad. That just lets you know how much of cesspool the Cardinals are. Then you come in and think you have another team that's struggling, that only has four wins, you're looking right in the mirror at each other, and then you get a fifty piece, and then there's fallout after that, and we'll talk about that when we get back as well too. Couple of mother in other NBA notes that I wanna to touch on before we get out of here as well too. You listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Doseckies. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky online studios. We'll be back.